You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. Today's episode is called Peace Be Still. Walking with Jesus isn't easy. We think it's important to be vulnerable and show you that we all struggle, but God shows up time and time again. So James 1.3, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. Mm -hmm. So testing of your faith. So what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, it says that in the Bible. Correct. That is Hebrews 11.1. 1. So if faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, and in that scripture in James 1.3, it says the testing of that. Mm-hmm. So the testing of things that you're hoping for, but you have not seen yet, that's that experience that produces the endurance, that produces that spiritual maturity, mm-hmm. and that inner peace. Mm-hmm. So all of these testimonies that we're talking about, each time that occurs, it's growing you spiritually. Mm-hmm. You're getting more mature and you're having more inner peace because you start to realize that the daily encounters and the daily things that you experience with God, He's in every single day with you. Mm-hmm. There's a peace that comes with that. There's a maturity that comes with that. And that's the testing of your faith because you may not see things, but you're believing them and you're hoping for them and you know they're going to happen mm-hmm. and you're sure that they're going to happen. So I had a situation where I am in the process of getting delivered from the spirit of fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's been there since I've been a teenager. Yeah. Um, but never crippling. Right. So me and Christina met when we were teenagers, and even she can attest that there were certain times where she had to come to my house because I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave my house. And this was just as a teenager. So there has always been that spirit that's been there. And I'm now identifying that it's a generational thing because, um, Mm -hmm. women in my, in my past, I, I've now seen it. And so I'm in the process of not only breaking off this generational curse, but also, and when I say in the process of being delivered, it's that actually walking out the deliverance. Right. So with me, like I just, every single time the opportunity comes, the only way to get out of darkness is to show the light and to be the light. So every single time a situation with anxiety or fear comes to me, I have to now be willing to squash the darkness and just do it. Otherwise, it's never going to leave. And so I'm in this process still and God's working on me. And so my specific situation is I can't ride in cars with people because I have an absolute panic attack Mm -hmm. if I ride in cars with people. And it got so bad in, what do you think, like 2019, 2018? Do you remember this? I wouldn't leave the house. I wouldn't go out to dinner with any of you. Yeah, wasn't it around the time that Jasmine was born? I thought it was mm. even earlier. She was born in that. 2013. I thought it was even around. Like it started, after it that started time. getting bad when we lost Andy. Mm-hmm. That was 2013. Okay, so yeah. for years then, it's always been there, but 
it never to like it was different though like yeah. you always had to drive if correct you were going somewhere correct and like yes you, it was more of like there were certain things even in hanging out as teenagers where you had to maintain control you had to stay tethered to a certain location mm-hmm. or that yeah. sort of thing yeah you know where all the restrooms were and yeah the yeah or and so the exits that sort of thing there were there was a year probably about three or four years ago where it got so bad to the point where it actually crippled me so i was not able to leave my house i wasn't able to um i wasn't even even able to ride in the car with my husband i couldn't Mm -hmm. even ride in the car with him anymore i couldn't go out of town i couldn't go into grocery stores like i couldn't do anything i couldn't go to restaurants nothing so it, it got to a crippling point and then in 2020 was it? Nope. It was 2021. Was it 2020 or 2021? I can't remember. 2020. Um, I had something occur to me or not occur, some kind of encounter and God shook me. And I got to a point where I started to understand that I am nothing without Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'm either going to let this thing kill me <laughs> or I'm going to get rid of it because I'm not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I want nothing but God, period, period. Yep. And it, it hit me so strong that, like, whatever I have in life now, I, I don't care as long as I have God. Like, I just want God. That's it. I don't want anything else. I just want God. And it's become so deep within me mm-hmm. that everything is starting to calibrate to that. Right. And that's it. And so when the situation now arises, when I have to go... And it's so funny because most people don't ever have to ride in cars with people. And I feel like with me, I feel like it's always a situation. No, and- nobody wants you to drive. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't feel safe. <laughs> but I had a situation, like what was it, like two months ago, a month ago, where uh, we had a... That was a, like three weeks ago. Where we had a, a date and they wanted to meet at their house and then go to dinner. I knew oh, it. like old school, like our parents used to yes, do. Yes. I yeah. knew it. I knew what was going to happen. And I, like, I thought it was, there was moments where You're I'm like, like. Can't we just meet there? I, I yeah. tried everything. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the part of, like, maintaining. I, like, when I say I'm still in the deliverance, it's because I'm. I'm still not fully it's walking. Like you're actively in the midst of battle. <laughs> I'm not fully walking it, but I'm trying yeah. so hard. And so we just um, we kept the dinner date. I even dropped Jasmine off somewhere so that I would have a a, a way to drive my own car because mm-hmm. I I stayed at that I had to go pick up our daughter and just all this kind of different stuff. Well, we get there, and uh, sure enough, it, it was like, do you want to just we'll just ride together. I mean, I don't have the same struggles, but I also have an aversion to that. But yeah. And um, there, so I don't know if anybody else if that struggles with fear ever goes through this, but there on my, my outer is somewhat composed, but my inner is literally being like, get me out of here. Like, I can't do this. Like, I'm, I'm literally going to run down the street right now because I can't do this. Like, get me out. Get me out. I can't do this. Like, that's what's my, that's the inner dialogue that is occurring right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die if this happens. And that's all that, like, goes through my head. 
And so all of a sudden, when all those inner dialogues were occurring, it I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, how bad do you want your freedom? Yeah. Is today the day? Is today the day that you want your freedom? Because in order to get the freedom, you literally just have to take that step over that line. Mm-hmm. And the people don't take the step over the line, which is why they stay in it. And so I was like, okay. So I get in the car, and I did it. <laughs> and then they picked a restaurant that I've been avoiding for months. They also... I, I used to do business with the owner of the restaurant, and it, it's just, it's it's not a bad situation, but it's it's... You, you share Christ with somebody and you minister to them and you want to see them have freedom and then you 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 know you don't want to support businesses or people that are are leading people to bondage mm-hmm. you know yeah. through alcohol or whatever but the restaurant that we were initially supposed to go to was only like th- so I timed it fear makes you do crazy things yeah. I, I, so I literally timed the amount of time it took from their house to the restaurant. And like in my brain, I was like, all right, I just got to go three minutes. Just mentally get there for three minutes. That's all you got to do. And then they end up going to one that's like 15 Tw- yeah. minutes Is from that 20 their minutes. house. 15 minutes if you don't hit any red lights. It's so far. <laughs> you gotta be on like three. Scenario. You gotta go through like forty red lights and, oh, and like three seriously. different highways to get. And there. here's another thing about crazy fear yeah. things: they had heated seats. Why not just punch me directly into the face? <laughs> seriously, so some people view that as a perk. Yeah. <laughs> There's other people that do not like. No, Carlos is shaking his head. Yes, like give me all the heated seats. No, it makes no. me feel like I gotta go to the bathroom. Literally. <laughs> So, uh, hold on though. I so I that was a moment of deliverance in that particular situation. Yeah. So that that night, um, I got a phone call about a family member from my dad, and like we were waiting to hear. We were literally praying. Somebody was told they had. My brother was told he had maybe twelve hours to live. Mm-hmm. And we went we we went to the mattresses, like if you ever seen the Godfather, yeah. we're we're so we were we were we were going mail. to war, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. my little Meg, Meg Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Hanks there. So we literally we were in like a, a realm of spiritual warfare already, praying over, you know, that this man would be resurrected from what was you know, pretty much certain death, which mm-hmm. is he's doing good. You yep. just you just talked to him on the phone. He's yep. he's he he's, buzzed me earlier. Yeah, they may have heard that. Yep. So I get this phone call, and we had actually with this couple prayed over the situation, and um, I said I'm going to jump up and take this. Well, I go outside, and I'm standing out there talking on the phone. I come back in, and. Heidi's ministering to the wife and they're both crying in the middle of the restaurant and the atmosphere of what God was doing was so effective that when I looked around there was people at other tables around them that that seemed to have a reverence about them you know so even leading up to that moment what was going on with Heidi and 
and all the deliverance and stuff. It it was just tremendous how how God worked that whole situation. When you get a little freedom in one area, and then all of a sudden, um, it turns into an, an an actual testimony. So the the situation with the vehicle. So that particular moment, I had deliverance from fear in that particular moment. Right. But if that moment would present itself again, mm-hmm. and then I would say, not today. <laughs> I can't. Not t- well, because out of habit, <laughs> yeah, it's out of habit that you're used to making these accommodations for yourself. Right? Yeah. So can't do it today. Then I now just lost ground. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this this uh, actually has been like playing in my mind like over and over and over again. Right. And I was like, I have to live. I ha- this has to be my new life or I'm never going to get free of this. Mm-hmm. If you don't intentionally do the thing that you're scared of, you're never going to get freedom from it. Right. If anything, it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing until it's crippling. And so uh, a situation came up this past week where um, I had to do a funeral and I had to just run the kitchen for the funeral. Mm-hmm. And I mean... Not only did I have a fear of riding in cars, but I also hate driving in the snow. Right. And so it started to weigh on me. So that's also how fear works. This wasn't until Friday. And you're already worried about it. And on Monday, I was already fretting and freaking out. And it was... It was wrecking my day and my week Mm -hmm. over this particular issue because I it was supposed to snow. And I was like, I hate driving in the snow. And I was like, I don't know what to do here, Lord. I just need help. I need assistance. I need help. And then I and then a thought came to me, well just call and ask Christina for a ride. And then the thought comes, but you can't ride with people. And then now it's like fear versus fear. Right. Do I ride in a car (laughs) with Mm -hmm. that fear or do I drive in the snow with that fear? And I was like, I got to do one of them, Lord. (laughs) And so like. That's when you come out on the bow of the ship and you say. Yo. Yes. Peace be still. Okay. No, this is where it gets. no. No, no, no. Seriously. I have been having a heart for fasting lately. And the Lord's been stirring in my spirit the importance of it Mm -hmm. and how each time I fast, I grow spiritually. And it's been a very big thing in my life, and I'm I'm still very new at it, and I'm still learning a lot. But each time, I'm, I'm getting better, and I'm getting closer to God, and I'm trusting Him more. And what God's been doing with me through this fasting is he's been showing himself how he cares about me. Mm -hmm. Like the way a human would. Right. That even even little things that like you wouldn't think he cares about you for, he does. And so through, through this fasting, he's been like opening my eyes to like the fact that he's always watching me. Mm-hmm. And he sees me. He's ever present. Right? And um, he's very present in the day-to-day things that I don't think he's listening to. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of, honestly, I vented to him. And I was like, Lord, 
I uh, I don't know what to do here, but I don't want that fear. And so I just ask that you just help me and just like get me out of this situation. And whenever I'm feeling far away from God lately, all I want to do is fast because that's how I feel very close to him. Mm-hmm. And so it was a day before the funeral and I was like, I'm going to fast. I'm going to fast and I'm going to deny my flesh and I'm just going to get close with God and I'm going to grab on. And all of a sudden, I was like, I don't like driving in snow, so I'm going to call Christina because I'm going to do that because I'm not scared of that anymore because I just showed myself three weeks ago that I can do that. Right. So she's going to be my ride. And I don't know what it was, but all of a sudden... I just, I felt, <laughs> I just felt that the Holy Spirit said, tell the weather, peace be still. And I brought up those scriptures when he was on the boat mm-hmm. and I, I said them out loud. And this is also going to sound stupid, but I opened up my weather app and I took the radar And I saw the snow coming from the Dakotas. Mm -hmm. And I took my phone and I blew. (sighs) And I said, peace be still. And part of the reason I wanted the weather to move in that moment was not only (laughs) for me Mm -hmm. so that we could drive peacefully that day, but it was also for all the people that were attending the funeral It was for the people that had to plow the parking lot, that Mm -hmm. had additional jobs that day that were unable to do it. Um, Just in general, the snow that day was not benefiting anybody. And so uh, I I continued to fast all day. And I I didn't want to tell anybody because that's – I can't make the weather move. If you tell somebody that you're fasting because you're going to make the weather move – then they'll, they'll think you're like Noah. <laughs> They're gonna think Could you imagine <laughs> if everybody in the book of Hebrews had to had to like share, you know, like, you know, this is going to sound stupid. But uh, to me, coming out of like a deliverance and, and being a walking um, miracle of God that I'm even here, that stuff doesn't sound crazy to me because faith without works is dead. There's a lot of ideologies and doctrines out there that'll come against you really hard over oh that's works and that's works well if i'm busy with works it's harder to tempt me to sin Mm -hmm. because my focus in those works is people seeing jesus if people are seeing jesus through what i'm doing and i'm and i'm constantly you know declaring his his uh victories like i'm more than a conqueror because he already conquered everything well, through the blood and the cross. I think the only people that are willing to make you feel stupid about these sorts of testimonies are the people that have no, they don't know him. Yeah. They don't know him. And, you know, I've seen people like try to give a testimony and then somebody who isn't a Christian or they don't know God, they're like, why? Right. Yeah. Cause there's people dying of famine and there's wars. Why would God care? Yeah. Like, why would God move right. a snowstorm so that you didn't have to drive in it? But here's the thing. He's an ever-present help in times of trouble. He's our refuge. He's our strength. 
that's something that unless you know him, you don't understand. Yeah. And then people try with their human size intellect to put our big, big God into a small, small box. Come yeah. on. And yeah. that he is bigger. You can't. He's not. He doesn't. He created us and everything that we know and feel his is so much more complex and deep and vast we can't even comprehend it the idea that he can't multitask is a human way of thinking mm. he's the god of the universe so it's not that he wouldn't busy himself with the things that we care about it's that he he's absolutely capable to take care of everybody all at once he created everything it we just have to yield ourselves to him yeah yeah i've i've seen i've seen where a parent or a grandparent with a wayward child or grandchild gets touched knowing that god met me where i was at mm -hmm. through through the prayers of many but i've also seen people get touched when i reveal to them that my wife didn't fill her gas tank and I took her car and had to like pray in the spirit to make it to the pumps mm -hmm. because the so gas light times. was on and it says zero miles to empty, you know? And then all of a sudden there's been times where literally the car chugs and like kills, but it coasts right into position to, to fill the tank. <laughs> That's when you better know what side the tank is on, man. Not, not everybody... <laughs> Not everybody can yeah, hold no up to kidding. the wrong side of the <laughs> pump. God yeah. got you yeah. to the pump, but you're parked on the wrong side. Trying to stretch the hose over and it gets caught on the antenna. Oh, man. Yeah. But, like, not everybody is going to relate to some crazy miracle. Right. You know, but sometimes when it's something so simple as, um, you know, I was just asking God for... Uh, the simplest things, you know, that that um, the check wouldn't hit my account at the time that it normally does, that it, it wouldn't go through till tomorrow morning, which is totally... I, I did it uh, a couple weeks ago. I had to get some money in the bank, and I was I was in a different town, and I, I was like two minutes away, and the bank closed in one minute. And I was like, God, just just make something miraculous like freeze time and i i got there and it was like two minutes after closing and they were still they were still open in their drive-thru so you end up with these these situations that that they seem like i i had a guy one time we were praying that um you know our second child would be a girl we were like asking god like man like we we weren't supposed to be able to have children um we had maximus which was a, a miracle and then we tried to have children, and it didn't happen. And then Heidi went up for prayer with, with another lady with a couple that prayed for people that couldn't conceive, and it was like a short time. What was the timeline? So you knew you were pregnant with Jasmine after you got prayed for. It was like because 30 days. It, it was yeah, like it was, it was, it was like enough to freak for, me out. You got prayed for, and then Carlos got you a prank gift for yeah. your birthday, right? Yeah. And then it was like shortly after that. But I didn't know when that. I conceived. And so that's why they had to run that test on when she was conceived. And so it was like three months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like we prayed to have a girl. 
um, I had a, a young guy that was like of a certain denomination and, and he was working for me and he was like, he, he had a really bad attitude a lot of the time. And it was like, he was baptized in lemon juice or something. And I was, I was Meaning leading. He was like a sourpuss. Yeah. Oh, like he it. was just ornery all the time. <laughs> and I had all these guys that like all the guys that worked that shift were like jailbirds. You know, they were the only mm-hmm. ones that were up that early and wanted to get out of jail to work. And one morning, one of the guys like got really kind of arrogant with me. And he's like, what are you doing over in that corner? That's better than visiting with us. And this is like four in the morning. I'm like, oh, I'm doing a daily devotion. I'm reading scripture. Well, if it's that good, why don't you share it with all of us? Well, that was always fun for me because I didn't like reading in front of people. Mm-hmm. So I now, now I got like 12 tattooed, you know, steel workers right. that are now sitting down pulling up chairs. So it turned into a thing for months. We were sitting there and, and I would read these devotions to these guys and we would discuss the scripture. And this guy comes in and he's just angry and he goes, you know, until you... Until you teach these guys uh, this doctrine of, of uh, it was like oneness or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if they don't understand that, none of what you're doing is it matters anyway. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, these guys got to get to know or have an encounter with Jesus before mm-hmm. before I give them thirty years worth of theology here. Like that's it's not that's gonna not gonna do them any good. Right. Um, so I. I had these guys sitting here and they watch the only two people that are at odds in the whole plant were the two Christians. The forces of darkness, the principalities don't even come against each other because they know they got a job to do. But two, two dumb Christians with different doctrine and different ideology are going to come at each other in front Mm -hmm. of a bunch of guys at four in the morning. And then nobody's going to (laughs) win. Yeah. So I, I was like, whatever, you know, it's, it's cool, man. Like you, you do yours and I'll do mine. And, uh, so it was like a, a month later, we had a, an appointment coming up. And one of these guys, he was a Buddhist guy. He was raised Buddhist. He says, uh, he, he says, do you guys know what you're having? And I said, that's the point when we find out what we're praying for a girl. Well, this other gentleman happened to be coming through the break room, and he goes, there you go again. There you go again. You can't tell God what to give you. He's He's... He's a sovereign God, and if he's going to give you a boy or a girl, you'd just be happy with it. And I was like, I'd be happy with whatever's healthy. But right now— but he knows the desires of your heart. Yeah, he, we— He placed them there. It was it was really, you know, it was, it was really a long run to have a second child, and we didn't even know if that was going to happen. And then God miraculously gave mm-hmm. us this ability to conceive. I mean, it's a lot of fun to try. I mean, I, I, I don't mind trying, but at the yeah. same time— like you're like all in the Lord's time. <laughs> you, get, you get the success. Hey, we got a license to do it before That's God. Right, yeah. You know, but um this this young man that that was working with me, um, it was it was the next next day. I was sitting down getting the devotions out and I was gonna read the scripture to these guys. And uh this guy walks in, and, and this other gentleman that had the issue, he, he was sitting at a table just kind of off to my right, and he he was a, he liked to work out, and he was always microwaving fish that would stink up the break room. There's always one. Yeah, and, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm not coming against this guy. I love the guy. He actually, I just talked to him. He got delivered and set free himself. He was going through some really 
uh, trying things mm-hmm. when all that happened. Um, so we right. we actually got to to talk, and he's doing well. That's good. But uh, we we were sitting there, and I was getting out my devotions, and this this other gentleman uh, walks in, and he throws a bag on the table, and I said, "What is that?" And he said, "Open it." And I I opened the top of the bag, and it was this little dress outfit, like a like a purple dress with sequins and a star. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, if you're going to believe your God for a girl, I'm going to believe with you. And then he walked over and he stared at the guy who said I couldn't ask for a girl. Well, that man, when we found out we were having Jasmine, we didn't buy diapers. For like the first year. Yeah. We didn't buy clothes. Him and his wife were showing up at our house every chance they got with cases of diapers, cases of wipes, clothes for our children. Mm -hmm. Um, He was raised uh, Buddhist. He was an Asian fella. And, you know, in their culture, the family member with the, you know, the last baby, you take care of that so that you have favor to have Mm -hmm. what you want, you know. And we actually, we got to, you know, share and minister with them as well, our beliefs on that. But. The, the crazy thing is, is, is you, you would sound crazy to say, oh, I'm going to ask God for this, or I'm going to, I'm going to put in the time on this. But the intimacy that's generated with God, mm-hmm. seek and save that which is lost. So the intimacy part. So that's what he's been doing for me in this fasting. So when I started to, <laughs> in secret, pray for that weather to move, so that I could go there because I also wanted to just I didn't want the stress of anything that occurred that day from snow Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to go and I wanted to just do my part at that funeral and be reverential and respectful and and all these things and I didn't want that piece just even remotely messing with any of that Mm -hmm. and so all of that rest of the day I just continued to just hang out with God basically I was praying I was worshiping I so I was fasting so I wasn't eating anything and I was reading the word and I was just doing all of these as these things to get closer to him and then every so my flesh is so funny because when it says deny your flesh your flesh tries to uh, come back out during fasting Mm. because my flesh kept telling me well, if, if God really is helping you move the weather right now, because I can't move the weather, only God can move right, the weather. Right. And so if, if that's really happening, check the weather app. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got you to gotta see that it's working. Yeah. And all day long, it kept saying, check the weather app. And every time it would, my, my finger would even go to like go to it. And as soon as my finger would start to hover over that, something would say, no, stop that. And so I'd be like, uh-uh. And then I would just go in and continue to pray. And then so the uh, the day went on and then evening came. And my husband was like, what do you want for dinner? And I was like, I'm fasting tonight. And he's like, okay. So then he just does something with the kids. And then we're, we're just going through the evening. And the snow <laughs> was supposed to come at like, you know, 1 a.m. or something like mm-hmm. that. And right before I went to bed the flesh again was like, well, at least call and text Christina. I might need a ride in the morning. Mm -hmm. You didn't. No, No. because 
every single time the flesh would come in and tell me to go against what I was just praying all day long and believing God for, my the, the Holy Spirit would then come immediately after that and be like, stop. Your flesh wanted plan B. Absolutely. You're a planner by nature. Absolutely. And so you wanted a contingency in there. Yeah. So I went to and bed God's that like, night. I'm not the God of contingencies. That's right. I'm not plan B. I went to bed that night and I slept like crap. I didn't sleep well. I tossed and turned all night. Neither of us did. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. And I woke up at five o'clock in the morning and I was just like wide awake. Couldn't mm-hmm. sleep. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get up and I'm going to get ready. And I don't know what I'm about to go out into. But I just I just love you, God. And mm-hmm. I and I thank you for whatever. And I just love you. And I opened the door and there was no snow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. And then you know what I did? I literally said out loud, thank you, Lord, that there is no snow today. I thank you, Lord, that there is no snow today. Mm-hmm. And I immediately had the thought again, go check your weather app. And then about as I'm like about there to... there isn't snow right now, but there will be later. And about as I, as I was going to put my finger on that weather app again, it was no, stop. And so I just continued to get ready. I continued to worship because I was still fasting at this point mm-hmm. that morning. I continued to get ready. I continued to worship. I continued all this stuff. And so I actually woke both of my kids up at like six in the morning and I was like, let's go. And mm-hmm. they're like, wow. And I was actually at that church by like 7.30 in the morning, didn't have to be there until 9.30. And I just went in and I just started to pray and to worship. And I went around all of the the chairs and I went around the building and I just prayed in the spirit. And I ended up being the only one that was there for a florist that came at 8 a.m. on the dot to deliver a whole bunch of flowers. Oh, wow. And I looked at my son and I was like, if we weren't here, like they would have had no place to put all these mm-hmm. flowers. That's crazy. Right. And the day went on and you know what? No snow. There was absolutely zero snow on Friday. And the entire time, all day long, all I could think was God just did this for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, it, it may sound dumb to myself, it may sound dumb to people, but God literally cared for me so much that I abided in him and he literally was showing me that I care for even the very smallest thing with you mm-hmm. and I'm going to help you and I'm going to do this for you. And that for me was just absolutely amazing. You know, it, it doesn't sound dumb. It doesn't it, it sounds like the 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 growth of a Christian. You know, we have to we have to go through some stuff to mm-hmm. to get to these places. Galatians four thirty one says, So brethren, we we who are born again are not children of a slave woman, the natural, but of the free, the supernatural. Galatians five one goes into Galatians five one. In this freedom christ has made us free and completely liberated us to stand fast then and do not be hampered and held ensnared and submit again to a yoke of slavery which you have once put off it's 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 a continuous it's a continuous the the slave woman 
is the flesh. If you read Galatians 4, it talks about being uh, born of a slave woman. That, that comes down to the, the realities of what this world has to offer. And then when you get into 5, Paul's talking about to put that off and, and not to submit again to a, a yoke of slavery, which you have once put off. So why would he even have to write that? Because yeah. those things revisit. They come back and they try to find an entrance to come in. Uh, I've heard people my whole life talk about familiar spirits. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because it, like, a lot of people that teach on that stuff, it, it's like this this lurking darkness and, and stuff like that. And and it almost seems like they, they give these things more... Um, power than what they actually have they they give more jurisdiction than what they ever have and it's almost like a a scare tactic to get you to 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 receive christ or be in faith and the reality is is that we've been given authority over all the powers of this earth so when we when we come into opposition or come into a, a place of war with these things we we have to realize that that we have to put them off and that when they try to come back, when the flesh tries to rear its head again, we have to, we have to be very careful not to pick up that yoke again. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. The, and the thing that has been getting revealed to me a little bit is I like, I, I've been like thinking, you know, about um, how, like how I'm going to talk about <laughs> my testimony and, and these things have just been kind of playing in my mind. And, and then I, and then I think about Lord during this fasting, you're specifically showing me like how you care about me and like how it's very intimate. And then I'm like, if you're showing me that, am I, is there an area of some struggle that's going on there that I'm not really even uncovering? And all of a sudden it popped into my head that I have a testimony, absolutely I do, because my husband got delivered from alcoholism, and I've never been necessarily like away from God after this testimony, and I haven't been upset with him, and I've been thankful, and I've, I've never had an issue with having a thankful heart and being so grateful every single day that I'm now with a man that does not consume alcohol. But at the same time, when he mentioned that he was in survival mode, it started to weigh on me that um, that's what I was in. Mm -hmm. You're gonna make us all cry. And we talked. <laughs> we talked about how if you lose trust, it's hard to uh, trust your heavenly Father. You know what's amazing to me is is like we. We have this idea. We have these social constructs that that make us feel <laughs> that <laughs> tears tears to to explosive laughter. The reason I'm laughing is because I used to always be so uncomfortable when people would cry that I would try to get out of the room. <laughs> you know what's hilarious? Well, first of all, the to be quiet. The, 
He was just being nice and getting you something to dry your eyes with, and you're like accusing him of running away. Thank you, Carlos. Um, the funny part about this <laughs> is that we decidedly were. <laughs> We're going to make this a lighthearted. <laughs> so people, people really. So this is super important for spiritual yeah, growth, though, because people have this, this, we, we live under this weird fog of, of assuming that we have to live up to this very specific picture of, of what we think the Christian life looks oh. like or what we think yeah. productive Christians look like. We literally Let counsel people all the time. We we share with people. We interpret dreams from a biblical standpoint. We do all these things. And when we when we are off on our own and we're trying to to feed and we're trying to get intimate with with the Spirit of the Lord and and have Him move in our our lives. We still come under these weird attacks and we still have to face these giants and get deliverance. We still have to dig into the word and and have that sword of the spirit. And we still have to put on our armor every mm-hmm. day. Ephesians 6, we have to do that every day. We have to constantly tighten our belt of truth so that anything we produce that day is produ- reproduced in truth. We have to f- shot our feet in the in the preparation of the gospel of peace. This is all a part of that. If you didn't have things come up, if, if you weren't in opposition to the forces of, of, of hell, the principalities, the powers that be, if you weren't a force that was, that was coming bringing the eviction notice, the name of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, to those who need deliverance, that, that, that need relationship with him, if you weren't bringing that, you might have this like really easy life. You may never face any real loss because you're not a threat to anything. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, after years of not being a threat to anything, you get a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Stage four, blah, blah, blah. And now all of a sudden, you've never had to pray for anything. Yeah. Everything's been pretty easy. Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden, you're ill-equipped, and then you're trying to find some some person for help and and what god has to work with is the crazy girl that prayed about the weather yeah you know what i mean that's this is mm-hmm. this is why we're here this is exactly where god made you for such a time as this and there's going to be somebody that doesn't know how to pray over a cancer diagnosis and and god's going to say but i got this one here that knows how to take authority over the weather and what your cat cancer diagnosis is is really a storm you're going through. Mm-hmm. Peace be still. So this is where you have to be. Yeah. And it doesn't shouldn't sound dumb to you, and it shouldn't sound dumb to anybody else. And mm-hmm. before, like before, I cried like big baby. I was talking. I so when I was saying I was in survival mode, the trust. So the trust was broken there for me. Yeah. The the trust that I had that my husband was going to take care of me the trust that I had that my husband was going to take care of my baby, like all of these things, right? Because I don't care who you are as a woman, you want a man that's going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And for me, that trust... You want to feel safe. You want to feel safe. Yeah, and for me, that trust safe. was broken. Mm-hmm. And God rebuilt me back up. Absolutely, he did. And he got my husband out of it. Absolutely, he did. And I, 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 I've never had an ungrateful moment in my heart for that. But 
in that process, has my trust not been fully restored for what God can do for me? Mm-hmm. Even though he delivered, like that's some major, but I was, was I trusting? I don't, the whole thing is kind of messing with me now because if I, every time I do a fast, God is showing me how he intricately and specifically cares for me personally and my wants and my desires and my thoughts and all these different things, is he showing me that I can trust him? Well, here's the thing. In believing for Joe, that's one thing. I think by and large, it is easier to believe God for somebody else. Oh, yeah. And so it was, it's easier to trust God for somebody else. When you're, when you're steeped, in in the the quicksand of mm-hmm. of circumstantial evidence, yeah, the circumstances that surround you have visual. They 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 hit all the senses. They have smell, taste, touch. You know, you can't deny that the mm-hmm. the evidence is there, and then you have to throw yourself into your relationship with Christ. And scripture says, speak of things that are not as though they were. Mm -hmm. So now you have all these people around you that you assume live this holy life. And the flesh tells you things like, well, you can't say you don't have that because then you'll be a liar and every liar will have their part. No, I can say God didn't give me that. It's not mine. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Mm -hmm. And if it's not good and perfect, and it's going to affect your quality of life and your quality to serve the body of Christ, it's not of God. Do you know what's interesting? What was the first testimony you talked about today? There was something about that story that at the time of you saying it, the thought came to me, even after all these years, thousands of years really, Jesus is still in different ways saying, peace be still. Oh, yeah. Mm. Like, it's not that he's necessarily standing on the side of a boat mm-hmm. saying it, but it's it's these small ways in which he's saying it. But he says it over and over, and he says it in different ways, tailored to each person. And it's just interesting that it's kind of a full circle moment in our conversation because you don't know that that thought came to me earlier, right? <laughs> right? But it's it's the theme in our conversation right now that, like, he's the prince of peace. Mm-hmm. And he's, I think that so many people now, like, they don't have peace. No. Everybody's unsettled. Yeah. More so in the last three years than ever before yeah. in our lifetime. And they're actively seeking peace through meditation, Mm -hmm. manifestation, all these things, affirmations, right? Yet the Prince of Peace is sitting right there. Yeah. And he's like ready and waiting. Yeah. And the other thing that stuck out is the fact that in all of this, you didn't, it's not bad to reach out to people that you're close with and kind of bare your heart and say, this is what I'm going through. How long ago was the women's breakfast? that we had I don't know like two months mm-hmm. but during that I spoke and mm-hmm. I said if you're gonna vent mm-hmm. before you ever pick up a phone yeah vent to him mm-hmm. and you did that mm-hmm. you're welcome for the good <laughs> advice <laughs> but but it's one of those things where 
until you start to put these things into practice, you don't experience that closeness. Right. The closeness is what brings the peace, Mm -hmm. you know, because anybody that's ever lived alone or gone through a period of being alone, Mm -hmm. they know that there's a peace and a calmness that comes with having the presence of another person. Right. Right. And it's even in those moments, I mean, you have a family, you have friends, you have people around you. Yeah. But you can, as Joe's alluded to in other conversations, you can be in a group of people and still feel alone. Yeah. But it's that that closeness that you get. That's the when we're talking about being a Christian. We're talking about the relationship. Yeah. We're not talking about check these boxes per se. Yeah. And then you are get there saved. boxes. <laughs> and we'll call them boxes. Are there are there earmarks of holiness? Yes. Are there things to strive for and implement into your life and how the ways in which you should clean up your life yeah. in, in order to honor God? Yes. Yeah. But you first have to seek him mm-hmm. and get to know him yeah. to understand what he actually even expects of you. Yeah. And let him do the cleaning up. Let yeah. him bear the fruit. Yeah. Right. I think that's the the big piece of this is that when we're talking anything that we talk about together here we're referring to that closeness and we want people to get that absolutely when i was going through that this last week i didn't he's the only one i was reaching out to Mm -hmm. and we're best friends we've been best friends for 20 years yeah and it thrills me to know that like of course if you had called i would have absolutely come and gotten you right and that even that didn't even actually occur but that that even in itself felt like a little victory that I was willing that you were considering to, to, call. to get yeah. in a car with you. Like right. that in the that moment felt like a victory. Like, absolutely, I'll do that. Like, 100% I'll do mm-hmm. that. But I just felt the Lord say, yeah, but I have just a little bit something more for you today. Right. Thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that you found encouragement through what we've shared. We would be so honored if you would make sure that you're following us. You should also find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at at the Real King Podcast. That's at T-H-E Real King Podcast. And don't forget, we put out new episodes every Monday. See you next time.